Welcome back to One on One, New York's longest running sports call-in show. I'm Sam Davis with Dylan Balsamo. A pleasure to be joined by Justin Shackle, reporter, digital host for the New York Yankees and a WFUV sports alum. Justin, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. So we're just going to jump right into this New York Yankees team. Obviously, a lot of excitement, a lot of interesting things going on with them right now. Struggling has been uh, the theme of this Yankees team so far this season, at least. But there's things are starting to look up a little bit here. Obviously, a nice sweep of the Blue Jays. Uh, and then now they're in the midst of, of, of a big series with the Oakland A's. So what's been the key to the Yankees' uh, series sweep of, of the Blue Jays and their recent success here over the last couple of days? I think the offense has certainly picked it up. I think they're performing the way that Aaron Boone and the Yankees' front office and probably the players envisioned uh, themselves performing at the outset of this season. So you saw uh, more more clutch hitting, maybe not – so much with runners in scoring position, but really that's down league wide. So uh, I don't know if that's something that you necessarily harp on so much, but they're, they're making better contact. You know, DJ LeMayu is making better contact. He has, you know, multi-hit games littered throughout that uh, eight-game road trip that just passed. John Carlos Stanton looks pretty good, obviously. Uh, Aaron Judge has always been there. So you have a collection of players that I'd be remiss to mention, to not mention Gary Sanchez's name. He's really come alive. But you just basically have a collection of hitters who weren't getting it done in April and May, and they've come alive here. Has it been the warm weather? Maybe, perhaps. Has it been the league dialing back on sticky substances, things like, you know, as aggressive as spider attack? That could be, uh, you know, part of it. I think it's a combination of things. It could be them just kind of settling in and trying to, uh, you know, shake off some of that pressure that was mounting because they weren't executing. Now they're executing. And at the same time, you're seeing the pitching kind of take a step back. So, you know, if you take away the one loss record at this moment and you just look at wh what this team is doing at face value, I would say that they're where people would have expected them to be in spring training, meaning the offense is performing. And the pitching looks a little spotty. Looks like it could uh, could use a, a bump in the arm here. So well, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep that up. I mean, I think the biggest lesson that we could see over the last two weeks or so is that this baseball season can change on a dime. I mean, uh, you know, a, a week ago or so, the Yankees were eight or nine games back. I mean, now there's six. It's it's not like they, it can't be, you know, made up there. But, you know, the Rays look white hot. They've lost three in a row. They dropped a game in Seattle, of all places, uh, on, on Thursday night. Um, so I don't think this division's over. I don't think the, uh, you know, it, it's time to panic. I don't think the sky's falling. The Yankees have to keep doing the work. But I, I, I don't think it's uh, a place where you need to hit a panic button. Justin, you bring up a lot of interesting points here. And, you know, obviously coming into the season, we all thought of this Yankee team as was built upon its offense. And then for the first two months of the season, they, they really kind of proved the opposite. So, you know, to kind of hit upon what you were mentioning here, how much of that can be attributed to, you know, hitting being down all over the league? How much of that could be attributed to the way the Yankees built this team? How much of it is just, you know, lack of execution with a team that really should be getting the job done? I think it's a combination. Again, um, you know, when you when you talk about, uh, you know, fundamentally kind of looking lost at times, whether it's the base running, 
um, defense at times. I think those are areas where they're slowly cleaning it up. But in terms of not being able to execute at the plate, um, yeah, some players not performing up to their to the level of their expectations. That, that's a part of it. Uh, you know, I think the offense being down league wide, I think the common denominator there is the sophistication that's that's increased with the pitching. And obviously, you know, there's some artificial aiding going on there. Uh, I think it's going to normalize, maybe not get back to where the league and where we think it could, but I think you're going to see it start to uh, normalize a little bit more. You know, once that first article came out about the uh, the crackdown on pitching substances, I talked to a lot of people around the industry about that specific issue lately. And, um, you know, when, when that first came out up until now, batting average around the league's probably gone up, you know, roughly 10, 12 points. So it's not this miraculous turnaround, but it's improving. And, you know, you see the Yankees uh, improving with it. So there's kind of a, you know, a parallel pattern running with that. I think it's a combination of things. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a while for things to click. This could be one of them. It it was really tough to try and explain how so many good hitters with, with very nice track records could be in such a rut together. Um, But here they are mostly coming out of it together. So um, it's, it's interesting to watch. I think it kind of personifies this crazy game that we all like. And um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how long it could last because up until this point, you know, they just had a five and three road trip, but really up until this point, um, you know, they, they didn't really play a, a complete series that impressed you. Even their sweep against the White Sox, which they had a few weeks ago at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, they pulled off the sweep, but there was something about it that would, was missing. This series in Buffalo, I think they were playing like the team they thought they could be at the outset of the season, the team that they're expecting of themselves. So this was more of a complete series in my eyes. And I think it's the first one for the Yankees this season. So is it a situation where they can build off of it or are we going to see another one step forward, two step back type of homestand coming up here uh, with, with the A's and the Royals? Yeah. You just mentioned the one step forward, two step back. That's, kind of my next question what do you think the Yankees really need to do just to just be consistent which is I feel like something that they've definitely struggled with all season what do you think the key is kind of for that consistency going forward uh, I think they need to hit I think they need to perform the way we've seen them perform in the past and um, again it's, it's not like they you know had their uh, their talent sucked up by the Monstars here like they they're good they're, you know, they, they have talent. So, um, and I go back, DJ LeMay just kind of jumps out at you because he is so good at what he does in terms of making quality contact. And that's what was his bugaboo for so long this season, not making quality contact. It's turning around. So um, I think, you know, as, as long as this trends in the right direction, I think they're going to be okay offensively. I think they need more stability in the rotation. Um, you know, Jamison Tyone up until this point, has probably not met his own expectations. He hasn't met the Yankees' expectations of himself, even though he is a guy coming back still from those two Tommy John surgeries. You know, in in my eyes, I I, I try not to invest so much in players who are coming back from that Tommy John surgery. I think it takes roughly 15 starts or so for them to start feeling like themselves again. And for Jameson Tyone, you know, he's around 12, 13 starts or so. So I'm interested to see once he gets past that threshold, what he's going to look like. But I think 
stability in the rotation. I think they're going to be on the hunt for a starting pitcher as the trade deadline nears. I think the center field position will be uh, upgraded. At least, you know, they're going to make every effort to try and upgrade it. I think they, they need an outfielder if for any reason to, you know, make sure that they don't have tired legs with Brett Gardner because he's valuable when used appropriately. But at, you know, his age, late 30s, pushing 40 years old, I don't think he could be playing every day. So I think the two biggest pieces of this team that need to be addressed is the center field position and some type of stabilizer for the rotation. You know, Justin, something you mentioned earlier was that there is a lot of pressure on this Yankee team considering, you know, um, hopes were very high on them from even before spring training started this year. So um, a hunch I've had all year is that that has been part of their struggle has been trying to over overcome that in your eyes. Is that something that's playing a factor to them? And if so, how do you, how do they erase that stigma that's around them now? It's tough to say, especially in this climate where no one's really allowed around the players to really get a feel. And, and it's not something that, you know, necessarily you ask them point blank, but you know, you read like anybody, you know, you can, you can read moods, you can see facial expressions, stuff like that. You know, we're not privy to that right now in, in 2021. So that's kind of tough to, to answer. But I also think, you know, they've been in high pressure situations before this exact group at, you know, the highest points of the postseason. So I'm not so sure if, if, you know, they're pressing in that regard, but I also feel like, you know, world-class athletes, it takes a lot more for them to, um, you know, kind of fall into that hapless rut. And I'm even talking about teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, they, they've, you know, they met, they've surpassed a record for futility earlier this week with the most consecutive losses on the road. Bottom line is those are world-class athletes. I don't think you ever get used to losing. I know Aaron Boone was asked that question uh, in the last week or so where, you know, they, there was, you know, maybe there was some type of um, consistent and, and I'm butchering this question now, but basically, you know, if, if, if the losing got to them so much where they were kind of, you know, used to it. And I, I agree with Aaron Boone. If you're like, a, if you're a pro athlete, you never get used to losing. You're a competitor. So like I said, even players on, on teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks, they don't get used to that. I don't think they're in danger of ever falling that way. I don't I don't think they're feeling that type of pressure. It could be some other type of pressure where, you know, they're digging themselves into a larger hole where they have to, you know, take the time to dig themselves out to get back to a point where they're going to be in contention versus just building momentum and distance between themselves and other teams that they, uh, that they compete with. And when, when you do that, you know, you can't afford to rest players resting such a big, element of sports these days and you know you hear about load management and you see the way that they manage players like uh, John Carlos Stanton or Aaron Judge who you know has uh, you know de definitely done a great job at keeping his body healthy this season but um, you know you, you see a lot of players when they're not in the lineup you hear about fans getting frustrated you know they in my opinion they've dug themselves a hole here especially in the division if they still have aspirations to win the AL East now, you can't afford to rest players as much as you probably would have liked to uh, before this slow start to the season. So I think those are some of the things that they have to overcome internally. Here with Justin Shackle, Yankees reporter. This is one-on-one. -on -one. Justin, you mentioned the trade deadline. Um, and obviously, that's a little bit of a ways away. But 
Um, do you think Brian Cashman and this Yankees team are going to eagerly go out and get maybe a starting pitcher or an outfielder? And if they do, do you have any idea of who that may be that they, that they decide to go out and get? Starting pitching's tough to put a finger on because you, you still don't really know which teams are punting on this season. And the obvious names, if you take a look at it right now, the obvious starting pitchers who could be on the trade market, a lot of them are hurt. So it's tough to identify those pitchers. But if you look at, you know, in my opinion, like I said, I think they need a center fielder. The, the typical names that you've been hearing, Starling Marte, um, you know, Michael A. Taylor from Kansas City may be available at a, you know, a more reasonable cost, a more reasonable ask there. Um, yeah, Starling Marte, Cattell Marte, uh, players like that. You know, you want to reach for the stars, you know, maybe, maybe a Joey Gallo. I, I necessarily don't know if he's a fit there, but um, I think a lot of the names that you're, that you're hearing about the interesting thing is though, you know, the Yankees obviously aren't the only ones that are looking for that type of help. There has been a Yankee tax near the trade deadline that I think is something that does exist. Teams, you know, think they can um, pump up the asking price. And I feel this is an ironic part of it at all. And this is what interests me about this trade deadline. The last couple of seasons, the Yankees were in a much better position than where they are right now. And Brian Cashman chose to hold on to these prospects, not give in to the hefty asking prices to kind of bolster his team when they were clear-cut contenders in the American League. This year, it's a little bit different. A lot of question marks around the makeup of the guys that you have right now because of what they've shown so far throughout the course of the season is now when you give up those prospects, you know, is now when you throw your chips in to make this team better. It's a, uh, it's an interesting question that I'm sure the front office is asking themselves on a daily level when they're, when they're hearing the asking prices for some of the guys that we've heard on the trade block. You know, Justin, you mentioned uh, the Yankees front office, and, and they've been in the news a little bit over the last couple of weeks over just speculation, and it's bound to happen whenever a good team is not playing the way that they should, of uh, whether jobs and job security are, are at risk here, specifically specifically uh, Aaron Boone, perhaps in a more general sense, Brian Cashman. But, um, you know, in, in your eyes, let's, let's say end of this season comes, and nothing comes to the Yankees, no world series, no pennant, barely a division win, anything of that sort. Um, what is the timeline of, of, uh, of Aaron Boone's remainder of time with the Yankees or even Brian Cashman? I think it's tough to say. I think it's a question that, you know, uh, Hal Steinbrenner has for himself and, you know, you definitely have to wait and see how the rest of the season plays out because we've seen a lot of Yankee teams in the past, you know, 2005, they started slow. 2007, they started slow. Um, it's happened during Brian Cashman's tenure. Um, I don't know if the lofty, there was, you know, as, as lofty expectations with those teams as there are here with the 2021 squad, but um, expectations are always high. You know, Aaron Boone has, a, you know, his contract's out at the end of the year. Um, it's going to be something to watch for, for sure. It's going to be a narrative as well. But uh, I think, as far as, you know, tight situations go, it's really imperative to be even keeled. And I think, in my opinion, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, from what they've shown, you know, we don't see what goes on 
you know, when they're not in front of cameras or in the clubhouses, you know, when, when they're behind closed doors, but what, what, from what we've seen going on, they're as even killed as it gets. And I think that's the, you know, the sensible approach. So it's a, it's a wait and see thing for sure, especially with, you know, more than half of the season to go still. Yeah. So uh, just, I want to shift the conversation a little bit, just to the AL East as we see it, you know, you mentioned it earlier as well, obviously going into the year, all the talk was on the Yankees and them being basically the favorites in this division. Um, but a couple teams have been a little bit of a surprise, you know, obviously the Rays and the Red Sox, and then you have the Blue Jays there playing decently as well right now, hanging in there. Is this still the Yankees division to lose here? Do you really think that the Yankees are, are still the favorites in the AL East or, or could it be the Rays or I don't know, even, you know, some of these teams like the Blue Jays and the Red Sox hanging around. Do you think it's the Yankees division to lose still, I guess is my question. I mean, on this day right now in, in late, you know, mid to late June, no, I don't think it's their division. I think the Rays have proven time and again over the last couple of seasons that, you know, they have the ingredients to, you know, come together and, and really battle through adversity. Um, you know, they'll, they'll lose the majority of the rotation that took them to the World Series last year and still go out there and perform. They're clicking, you know, the right, the right switches here. Um, they're doing a great job. So, and, and you take a look at the run differential, something that I, you know, keep an eye on for sure throughout this division. I mean, the Yankees have a minus one run differential. Uh, Baltimore is the only other team with, you know, a negative run differential there. The Blue Jays who are behind them, they have a, you know, plus 43 run differential. Everyone else is in the green as well. So uh, I think that's a good indication of how teams are doing. I think it's a good indication of what their true identity is. There's certainly room for improvement. There's still enough time, but Bill Parcells always said it, you know, you are what your record says you are. And, you know, at this moment, um, the Yankees need to show a, a little bit more in order to make a serious run in the AL East. They're, they're over five games back entering the weekend. Yeah, they've had a nice series in, in Buffalo where they, you know, they swept Toronto, but uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. So, uh, you know, unless they, uh, you know, from what we said before, taking a step forward and then taking two steps back, they haven't shown that they can kind of bust out of that malaise approach uh, over the course of a month or so. Uh, I think that needs to happen in order for, you know, the opinion to change there about the ALE landscape. You know, Justin, uh, you mentioned the Rays earlier, and it, and it made me think about, <clears throat> you know, when you look at this Yankee team over the last, really since before Aaron Boone uh, became the manager, uh, there has been question of why they have not been able to execute. And, you know, you talk about the Rays and their ability to continue to be a competitive team, even when losing uh, players that we all thought were the things that made them competitive. Uh, it seems that like with a, with a team like the Rays, it's more of an organizational structure thing that becomes their success and, and players be, uh, are put into that. So when you look at a team like the Yankees, who has had all the talent in the league and just is not able to execute over the last couple of years. Does it, 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 begin, it begins to feel like some kind of organizational issue that's, that, that things aren't able to happen. Is there any validity of thinking that? Or is, is someone like me just crazy for making that observation? I don't I, – it's tough to put a finger on, on all that because, you know, the, the two organizations operate so differently. So when one's having success, and in this case it's the Rays who – you know, let's call a spade a spade. They don't operate with, you know, as large of a budget as the Yankees. And if they're getting results, naturally, you know, as a business owner, you're going to, you know, ask yourself, well, what the heck's going on here? 
Um, so it's, it's tough thing to digest, I think for people in the organization, fans as well. And I also think that, um, part of that is baseball being what it is, you know, in, in 2021, where, you know, you're, you're well into the age of information. It's all about, you know, not necessarily working harder or spending harder, but working smarter and spending smarter. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just think that any team has the ability, never mind the financial resources, because it just doesn't play, you know, yeah, obviously it, it, it's a tool there. Um, you know, you should use it to the best of your ability, but it's not the be all end all that it once was. So, it, you know, that's designed to give teams like the Rays organizations like, like Tampa Bay, uh, a chance to be able to, to work smarter, you know, to have that ability, the opportunity to work smarter. Um, and, you know, they've done a great job with it, you know, whether it bothers the Yankees or so. Yeah. Look, I'm sure the losing and, and losing out and, and seeing a, a, a division rival go further, you know, doesn't sit well with anybody, but um, I, you know, at the same time, just because they're doing something and they're going about winning one specific way doesn't mean it's the only way. So it goes back both ways. And uh, I think, you know, over time, look, the Yankees haven't had a, you know, a losing season um, in a while since the, since the early nineties. So they're, they're, they're definitely doing something right. And I think at the, you know, at the end of the year in October, a lot of it is a crapshoot. I hate, I hate when I, you know, I used to hear that and I, and I really didn't like it. I thought it was just, you know, something of an excuse, but I really start to believe it over time because, you know, you, you really, <laughs> to, to quote a famous radio announcer, you really cannot predict this game. This is one-on-one -on -one Justin Shackle. Uh, one more question here before we get out of here. The Yankees have uh, returned to full capacity here at Yankee Stadium starting over this weekend series with the Oakland A's. Uh, do you think that could be any sort of boost to this team or are, are you personally, or are, is the team excited for a move like this as they get to full capacity here? Absolutely. I think what you see on television, especially in 2020, you know, empty stands, cardboard cutouts, all that stuff. And then, you know, you go around the league, there's energy, man. I mean, you don't want to play in an empty building. And I think, you know, when you have, a building like Yankee stadium where we've heard, we've heard it at, you know, at its loudest, at its peak, the players in that dugout this season have, have been in that dugout when it's been at its peak, when it's been at its loudest. So when you have the potential for that, I really do think it's something that, that a team can feed off of. I think there's massive energy there. I also think if you're an opponent and you know, the Yankees go on the road or wherever it is, the booing helps as well. It's just something that's, you know, a little bit extra. And I think you see it on television as well. Um, I think the overall TV product is enhanced by a full stadium, a full building. You know, when you have cutouts, um, you know, you were, you were, you were doing something with nothing. It was nice to see that, you know, nice to see that effort, but I really believe that there's a certain energy that's provided to a team when you have, screaming fans there and a really loud building in your favor yankees reporter and digital host justin shackle justin thank you so much for joining us today it was our pleasure thanks, thanks guys for having me i appreciate it we will be right back on one-on-one -on -one, new york's longest running sports call-in show stick around